This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. This is Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 12, 2022, episode 2,971. Good morning, horse world. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday... And it doesn't get much better than best conditioned. And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Welcome back, Karen. For those of you who are not in the know, Karen Chatton stops by. Karen Chatton, endurance rider extraordinaire, stops by the second Tuesday of every month and where we sit down and geek out on all things endurance riding with a smattering of horsey travel, horsey adventure, Horsey, don't mm-hmm. do this. Horsey training tips, etc. <laughs> so even if you're not an endurance person, you're going to love doing this episode on the second Tuesday of every month. And this is the part of the show where we catch up on all of your goings on. And Tevis Cup, which is the premier, it's the Kentucky Derby of endurance rides in the United States because it's the one that everybody talks about. We're going to chat with a couple of people who have entered and just about ready to head out on the road to get to Tevis to ride today. And uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about a new app that you're working on. So this is Catch Up on Adventures Time. What have you been up to? Well, I have been riding the new horse, uh, Jovi, who we're now calling him my rock star because he's starting to finally get it. (laughs) Well, he didn't start out rock star. Give us a little background on how Jovi started out. Okay, so we st- I got him home, and like two weeks later, he grew this ginormous uh, sarcoid in his groin. <laughs> so that took five months to to deal with to get you know we got it uh, treated and and it's gone, yay! So uh, in the meantime, because I couldn't do much with him because it was literally like in between his sheath and his thigh. Um, he got extremely barn sour. So when I did finally start to try to ride him, um, he, he started rearing up and doing naughty things. And, um, so we've had quite the process. We went back to square one with the basics, starting over with the groundwork and ground driving and just a lot of basic stuff. I set up like an obstacle course at home in the arena and started doing a bunch of work there and a bunch of hand walking, getting them around through the neighborhood and stuff. And so now I'm actually able to take them off the property and ride him by by myself with uh, without any issues. We've worked through all of that. Um, the one last issue we still have is if I trailer him somewhere and we go for a ride, is getting him back in the trailer to come home. Isn't so that we're, interesting we're, how some horses do that? I've That's not an uncommon behavior pattern. 
Really? Yeah, you know, and he he's different from every other horse I've ever had, where if you try to apply pressure to him, he shuts down. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you, you know, a lot of horses, you, you, you just do like a little tap, tap, tap on their heels or something. And they'll go in the trailer to have, to get away. You know, they mm-hmm. they'll they'll go in. Uh, not him. No. If you start applying pressure, then he just becomes a statue. He, he refuses to move. You cannot. And the and then the more you pressure him, then the behavior will get it worse. Escalates. Yeah. It escalates. Yeah. So it's patience. You, you've got to be very, very, very patient with them. And I thought I had patience. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I, it's, it's early days still in Jovi's career. So yes. you probably haven't had a chance to take him a whole bunch of places. But have you noticed any difference in his reluctance to get back in the trailer to come home? Does it relate at all to how far he had to go from home? How long the ride was? Whether or not he's got a friend? No, it doesn't. It doesn't even matter if I put the other horse in the trailer first. It doesn't help hmm. at all, um, y- you know, and more people trying to help also doesn't work. No, a lot um, of times. I have found that more human beings in the mix is usually <laughs> worse for most cases. Exactly. I get it. Yes. So it's just a matter of being patient, you know, and then I come home and I can put them in and out of the trailer in 10 minutes, 15 times. Isn't that No problem. No problem at all. No, Isn't he has no problem leaving. He just doesn't want to come home. Doesn't want to come home. So, but but we're working on it. We're I. He has taught me um, how to the time. It's all in the timing of the mm-hmm. pull and the release and the reward. Mm-hmm. It's it more than any other horse I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So you know they all teach us something, and that's Jovi's been teaching me that. So, um, you know, it, and with the cost of gas these days, I, I don't want to just be trailering him um, every single time I ride him because I'm fortunate enough that I can ride from home. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm about to go down that road when, uh, when we get back from the big horse ra- horses, horses in the morning episode number 3000 road trip this August. When we get back, it's going to be a whole new adventure for me because we got a new horse trailer, and it's a step mm-hmm. up, and it's a slant load, neither of which Nigel They're knows not how to, to navigate. It. So it's new. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, see, uh, I, I, I may be going, uh, I may be emailing you at 3 a.m. when I go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? Oh, my gosh. You know, and it's so, it's funny because, you know, I've got all my friends offering me advice on what to do, and I'm like, you know, you can come and you can try your method for five hours on this horse. I guarantee you it's not going to work. <laughs> well, I, I've I've been trying really hard to break it down into smaller skills. You know, if you want to make a pancake, you, pancake, you have mm-hmm. to have eggs and milk. Otherwise, you can't make a pancake. Right. right. Doesn't matter how how much you stir the water and flour, you're never going to get a I pancake. Know. So I've right. been trying to break it down into little tiny bits with him because. You know, you have to step up into things. You have to go into an enclosed space. You have to back out of something that's unleveled. You know, all of those different ingredients. So I've been trying my best to mimic those things when right, I have them out right. and about. But it's harder than you think if you just if you have to build crap. And if you have a boarding, if you're at a boarding stable, they don't want you to build crap in the middle of the, in the middle of the <laughs> arena. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know, I know. You know, and and the the issue was like at home, he loads just fine, goes right in. Not interesting. Just fine. So now, you have, know, you had a, have you had a chance to take him anywhere and camp out with him and keep him overnight yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. And then, of course, also I've only really taken him where we've only ridden for like an an hour or two. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really taken him out where we've been out there for four or five hours. Yeah. It's interesting how the... Now, this is an, another question because, you know, when it comes to trailering, we all go down rabbit holes because it's one of all horse people's... We mm-hmm. all struggle with horses that trailer, load, unload. We all struggle with that topic at some point in our horsey lives. Eventually. Eventually, mm-hmm. yeah. If you have when horses you, long enough. When you load him at home, do you make a habit of always having the trailer in the same spot or do you move it around? I've done that. I yeah. I, I thought I kind of thought it. you would have. <laughs> I've had it parked in different spots or out in the street. And yeah, at home, it's not a problem. You know, he yeah. goes right in. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's very interesting. It's a, it's a mental thing and, and yeah, we're working through it. He's, um, he's different from any other horse I've ever had. For some reason, he does not give to pressure. He, I don't know, uh, you know, how that came to be or why or whatever. Every other horse I've had gives to pressure. Mm-hmm. He, but the one thing that helped me work through some of that was some doing some clicker training, which was extremely helpful. Oh, so that. oh, that's my idea. I can give that a go. Yeah. 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 The clicker training and, um, it, you know, and then my obstacle course I set up. With, so tell uh, me, tell me about your little obstacle course that you, that you set up. What did you start with? What did you end up with? Oh, okay. Well, I just took just a bunch of stuff that I've had on the property. I've got um, PVC pipes, some barrels, railroad ties, um, some logs. I just set stuff up and I kind of move it around. I I blew up a bunch of balloons and tied them to things, getting them, you know, trying to get them desensitized to stuff, pool noodles, all that kind of stuff. And uh, just started riding them around in doing a bunch of different patterns, you know, working on the neck reining and turning and uh, turning on the haunches on the forehand, just did a whole bunch of stuff like that. And it really paid off, especially going over the railroad ties when I had them stacked up and stuff, because now when he's out on the trail and there's tree roots and rocks sticking up, he can actually go through it without tripping and falling on his face. Well, that's interesting that you bring that up. Because Uh when you're on a trail and when you're riding in the open, big fields, single track trails, whatever, the horse needs to have a good balance of being careful and stepping over things because Mm -hmm. you don't want to crash through it. But you have to also balance that out with, okay, it's a grapevine lying over the trail. All I need to do is step over it. I don't need to leap in the air because if they're too careful, they waste a whole lot of energy um, and possibly right, unseat right. the rider unnecessarily. Uh-huh. And it's interesting yes, call, that you mentioned I, that. I call it brain food. Brain food. That mm-hmm. the railroad ties, the horse learns that you need to step over that because when you bump into it, it's not going to move. Exactly. Versus the PVC pole on the ground. 
you bump into that, it just moves out of your way. Move it out of the way, right? And I I need to get more. I need to get more telephone poles in Nigel's life because he's prone to there. You go, just Uh crashing through things. Right, right, and it, 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 you know, and I change it the distance between things all the time and make patterns. So he he needs to learn how to go through it both forward and in reverse. Now, when you when you started working with these things with Jovi. Uh, obviously, you started working with him in hand to walk through mm-hmm. and then back and around. Did you move from in hand to ground driving to mounted, or did you just go from in hand to mounted? Um, yeah, I did ground drive him. Like, um, I, you know, I used my neighbor's property. She let me use her. She's got a couple acres of fenced area. So I ground drove him over there past. Uh, the other neighbor next to her has uh, chickens and goats and stuff. So we got to go buy those scary things. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, of course, now they're not scary anymore because we've been by them so many times. Mm-hmm. And But I also ground drove them through the neighborhood. But I didn't really do it, like you said, in hand on the obstacle course. I kind of moved right away into just uh, going from in hand to mounted. Yeah. And, and he seemed to do pretty good. And, uh, you know, part of the, the problem was is because of that darn stupid sarcoid thing, um, he got buddy sour and barn sour. So getting him away from the other horse and having him focus his, you know, just his attention on me, mm-hmm. that it takes time. You yeah. know, it doesn't just happen. I mean, you can't just go, you know, poof, instantly, horse, do what I want. You know, that's not well, how it's, it works. it's especially difficult if they're buddy sour or barn sour because it's such a very fine line in that you have to ask them to move away from their friends and their safe, what they perceive as their safe place. Right. A little at a time, but only as much as they feel comfortable with, because otherwise all you do is reinforce the fact that every time I leave my barn and my friends, it sucks because you took them far enough away that they go over right. threshold and life sucks. So it's, uh-huh. it is, a, you're right, it's a very slow, deliberate, painstaking process. Now, right. when you first started out re- restarting Jovi, basically, you restarted him. What was his go-to, this is too much for me behavior versus today, what is his go-to, this is too much for me behavior? You know, he wants to be a confident and bold horse. He wants to be a leader. He likes to be in the lead. He's got a really nice walk, especially a downhill walk. And and so the thing he didn't like, because apparently he had not really seen much of before is like dead tree stumps and dead, dead trees that are down on the ground and they're like gray or, you know, kind of different colored than the living ones are. And so those were the kinds of things where it, for a while there, it was like, I wasn't sure I wanted to trot on him because just doing a sideways zoomy at a walk (laughs) you know was exciting enough so so you don't want to add this additional speed to the zoomies and so now we've progressed from his little sideways zoomy things uh, to just startling in place and so i i call it that he's improved his spookiness because he's um not gotten better at spooking but it's minimized yeah so 
there. He, does, he doesn't feel the need to go leave town. Exactly. He doesn't do the sideways. I'm going to go shoot just sideways six feet and then stop. Now he just <laughs> does a little startle, like jump in place. Mm-hmm. And, and so he's much, much, much better. So now we're able to, you know, we're, we've been doing some trotting. We're actually starting some canter work. And so, so we're progressing really good. We just have this one last little issue with the trailer loading after we trailer somewhere to come home. And so hopefully by next month, I'll be able to report that we've got that solved. <laughs> <laughs> that solved. Well, speaking of solving things, you always have great tips here on the show. And you call them your endurance tips. But as I said, the vast majority of them can be applied to all sorts of different riding disciplines. So what is today's tip and how did it get started? What inspired you? Okay, well, so I was seeing this post people were sharing a lot on on Facebook about how snap-on hooks with the metal snaps on reins were giving horses headaches and causing them discomfort. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that I like when I ride long distances or for several hours at a time, day after day over the years, is I like to minimize the amount of noise and clicking and clacking and you know just the sound of your tack going down the trail i i i've always tried to minimize that because it it bugs me to be trotting down the trail for hours and it's going clink 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 so one of the things i did and this uh, is something i've done for i don't know decades um is either use i used to use duct tape to wrap around stuff that was especially annoying with the clinking. But now there's this new product and it's called Plasti Dip. And I'm sure there's more than one type of it, but you can buy it in a can or a spray um, and you can dip whatever your hardware is, dip it in it and it coats it in like this plastic rubbery coating and problem solved. It's just that simple. So I dip my snaps or the ends of the, um, like my combo bits that I use, dip it in there or um, anything I clip onto my saddle, my breast collar snaps, stuff like that. I dip it in and it gives a nice little rubber coating. And now you're not having any um, issues with stuff clanking and banging and clicking along constantly as you go down the trail. And also I think it does make the horse more comfortable because I think they're also probably just as annoyed by all the, the sound of metal on metal clanking as we are. So, excuse me, are there any metal parts that if you've tried putting this on that you went, Oh, wasn't a good idea. Well, you know, not really. And you can just peel it off. So oh. it's not a big deal. So when you, before you put it on, do you clean the metal off with anything specific? Yep. I, I run all my tack through the dishwasher. Well, of course you do. <laughs> now, now everybody, this is not leather tack. It's okay. Don't freak out. <laughs> right. No kidding. Biothane is mint. Yeah. Biothane it's is fine with the dishwasher. Stuff. It's fine in the dishwasher. 
And then if and then if you're you know extra picky, you can run a clean cycle on your dishwasher afterwards. <laughs> now all of your, I, if I remember right, when I was looking at the pictures that you posted on Facebook, all of your hardware on your tack is stainless steel. Is that right? Stainless or brass. So you can put it on brass too. Yes, and the nice thing with the putting it on the brass, I, anybody that's ridden a long time with brass hardware knows that it will turn your horse green, like literally. <laughs> so by putting this on the brass hardware, it will keep it from doing th- that thing it does where it gets the green on it mm-hmm. and, and and then rubs off on your horse. So, so you don't you don't have to remove the oxidation. Yeah, I guess, you don't have to re, you don't have called. to polish it before you put the stuff on. You just wash it just like you would anything else. That's what I yep, that's what I did. And you can you can reapply it as many times as you want and um yeah, it works really good. You know, and I really noticed it like when I started riding in my carbon fiber saddle because just the snaps on the breast collar were, you know, clunk 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 constantly. And, it, you know, it's like, nah, I, I kind of like being out and just enjoying the peace and quiet. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people don't, you know, it's probably not a not an issue for them because they don't really notice it, you yeah. know, and other, others do. So it's one of those things that you, do, that you don't notice it until it's gone. <laughs> That's true. You're yeah. probably right there. You put it on there. Yeah. Wait a minute. What's missing? Oh, all the clinking sounds. And that's something that for drivers, carriages and carts that you have to become comfortable with is there's there are a lot of straps and even more snaps and buckles on a carriage uh-huh. rig. So there's the constant jingle. And sure. when you're when you're trotting, it's kind of rhythmic and kind of cool. But uh-huh. on but on the other hand, it can be a little distracting. <laughs> mhm. Well, that's a cool idea. And it's called, what's the stuff called again? Um, Plasti Dip. Plasti Dip. And hardware stores have it, Amazon, Walmart. Easy to find. Easy to find. Cool. And it comes in colors or clear. I'm kind of liking that clear idea. And speaking of colors or clear, it's time to talk to Kristen from the Distance Depot, longtime sponsor here on the Endurance episode of Horses in the Morning, and find out what's going on at the Distance Depot. Hi, good morning, Kristen. It's Karen and Jennifer. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Great. We're getting a little warm here. How about where you're at? (laughs) Yes, it's very warm. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) and we're in the heat of summer here. Well, then this is a perfect time to talk about some of your new stuff that you've got. Okay, awesome. We do have um, uh, several um, sun shirts that we've brought in for those that are concerned um, about keeping safe from the sun. And these long sleeve sun shirts are breathable. Um, some of the fabrics are cooling, which is super nice, so designed to keep you cooler. And I think it works with your, a lot of times this, these fabrics work with your perspiration um, and they're wicking um, and quick drying. And then many of these shirts also have like mesh panels underneath the arms and alongside the back just for bre- more breathability and to release the heat. And Carrots has um, ice-fill fabrics, which um, really are designed to keep you cooler. And we have those in tank tops. We have them in short sleeve and the long sleeve sun shirts as well. 
So some pretty nice um, cooling um, garments there for sure. We also have some riding gloves to help keep you cool. Um, Ariat makes a mesh top riding glove. So the palms of these gloves are um, suede and then the top is mesh for breathability and cooling properties. And um, Carrots has an ice fill cooling glove, again, with that ice fill material that is designed to keep you cool. In fact, I think they claim uh, up to five degrees cooler. Um, cool. So that's, that's pretty nice when it's steamy and hot. And then mm-hmm. Carrots also makes a mesh top glove, at, like similar to the Ariat gloves. So some good glove options there. And we've brought in some new tights. Um, this year, too, from these companies, Iridian, we just got in a new uh, Radiant Tight, and that has really nice cooling, great big pockets in the front to, to keep your phone, and they're made out of um, like a super soft, stretchy mesh, and then it has a mesh panel all the way down the side of the leg, so really um, designed to keep the rider cool. Um, and we have a couple colors in that tight, and we have a nice lightweight tight from Carrots, um, a momentum pocket tight with fun patterns. Of course, they have the pockets. These have a knee patch and, um, like I say, super light fabric to help keep you cool. And then a couple nice tights that we brought in are bootcut. Um, for those that don't like the tight look, these are mm-hmm. just bootcut pants, and they have the nice strap that goes underneath your boot to help keep them anchored. People are always asking me, do those stay down? Um, and I always had ridden in tights, but I've tried the boot cuts, and they really do stay put pretty well. And, of mm-hmm. course, with this um, underpass that goes underneath your boot, that really helps to anchor them down. They've got great big pockets, four-way stretch, um, really nice to keep you comfortable in the saddle. So some pretty cool things. And what about your helmet visors? Oh, yes. So we have the Debrim, which I think you use the the um, Debrim on uh-huh. your helmet. And that is, we have two sizes, actually. The Petite is a little bit smaller than the Endurance-style Debrim, but they're both, they offer great coverage, whereas the helmets anymore, they have such a small brim, they really don't offer you much protection from the sun, and the Debrim goes all the way around the helmet, so you have, you know, 360 degrees of coverage, mm-hmm. so it will cover your face as well as your back of your neck, and that also works when it's raining, too. <laughs> so, right, you know, right. diverts that water off down the back of your neck, um, <laughs> so that that's a pretty nice thing, too. And then, of course, we have just regular shorter visors, um, the salamander visor, and then the Debrim also makes a Rezo visor, and um, that just covers the front part, but covering more just of your face area. Mm-hmm. And they're nice because I know you can take them on and off. Like if it's yeah. a windy day, I take mine off. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, they just basically slide down over and there's a strap to really anchor it on there. So they do stay mm-hmm. put when you put them on there. Um, but yeah, some nice options there too. And how would somebody get in touch with you? Um, they can give us a call toll-free, 866-863-2349, or, of course, visit our website, www.thedistancedepot.com. Terrific. Well, thank you, Kristen, for joining us this morning. Thank you. Have a great day. Stay cool. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> you too. Thanks, Kristen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. There you have it. 
can't get any better customer service than you're going to get at the Distance Depot for all of your trail riding or other kind of riding needs. Just give them a call or stop by them there on the website. It is thedistancedepot.com. And now it's time for our first guest, Ross Carey, who is going to be riding his Pasifino Tivio in this year's Tevis Cup. Hey, Karen. Hey, good morning, Ross. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Sure. So, how's your trip going? It's going good. It's long. Uh, I heard Dawn telling you it's a uh, long, uh, a lot of miles. Nineteen hundred miles. Yeah, yeah. So, how many yes, miles yeah. a, a day are you doing? The last three days, we're averaging about five to six hundred miles a day. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Yesterday was kind of rough. It was going through Southern California, and it was just uh, really hot. It's uh, got to 115 at one point, so it's just really tough on all of us in Tivio in the back of the trailer and stuff. We're stopping a lot, soaking them down, giving them water. Yeah, in California yeah. got really hot. <laughs> that was a surprise. I guess you shouldn't have been surprised. Well, yeah, that and and we were mentioning the gas prices because oh, I'm yeah. sure as you got further west, the prices kept going higher and higher. <laughs> Yeah, they did. I mean, they're sort of okay for a while, you know, sort of little increments. And then it seemed like about when we crossed into California, it's when it took a huge jump. Uh, yeah, you're, you're getting it. Yeah. The $7 price range. Before that, it was sort of the 5 to 6 range. So, yeah, it was pretty bad at first, and it got super bad right there at the end. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, there's only so much you can do. I mean, it's just, you know, coming out for Tevis, it's kind of one of those um, big, you know, gold-type, you know, things. So mm-hmm. have you been out for Tevis before? I haven't ridden, been out to ride Tevis. You know, some years ago, Don came out and uh, made a stab at it on Bear or Arab several years ago. And I crewed for her at that point. And so I got the Tevis experience from the crew standpoint. Okay. Okay. Well, that, you know, that's always good. I think it's a good, you know, good uh, education to do that. It helps you yeah. with your planning or strategy and, and everything as a rider. Um, sure. So tell, tell us about Tivio, your horse. Well, uh, first, I mean, he's a Pasifino. I mean, that's the most biggest difference between him and the, the other horses that usually see at endurance events so he's a different breed he's been doing endurance on him for 13 years and asked on it's been so long i forgot but he's got his decade team and uh he's got about 2300 endurance miles on him and many hundreds of ld miles um Done a hundred before and some seventy fives and obviously lots of fifties. And he's just a great little horse. I mean, he's just such a doer. Um, he just has so much heart. He just doesn't have a bit of quit in him, uh, which you know, of course, a lot of horses are like that. But sort of balancing that attitude with making sure they can get through the distance um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that they don't blow themselves up. So he's just been great horse you know when he was younger uh he was real hot and fiery little guy and just you know would try to pull out of the start but he's learned how to you know allocate and manage that energy during the course of the ride um where he you know gets through he's just a real good little completion horse and and great 
and he's just a sweetheart to boot. So. And how how tall is he, and what do you think he weighs? Uh, he, I'm asking Don. You think he's getting close to fourteen two or around four fourteen one? Yeah, yeah, he's probably about fourteen one, and he weighs about seven hundred and eighty pounds. So he's a little fella. Okay. Okay. So, do you think he knows what's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's a seasoned traveler. Uh, I mean, he's been over many parts of the country. Uh, so, no, he he's got a sense something's coming up. <laughs> uh, so he 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 travels pretty well. I mean, he's not the best best traveling horse we've had, but yeah, he knows something. You know, he's going to a ride, and you know, he's pretty perky and ready to get to wherever we're going. I mean, he's <clears throat> obviously quite a few days in the trailer, but he's handling it well. Oh, I see. So are you heading up to Auburn today? Will be your last travel day? <clears throat> Thankfully, yes. Uh, <laughs> I heard Don telling you, we got about two or three hours um, ahead of us. Got about 200 miles to finish okay. out the trip and make it to the stables at Auburn where he can settle in for a couple of days and just mm. chill out. Right, mm-hmm. I take him out on a little ride uh, tomorrow, just kind of let him stretch his legs. So right, right, and then you'll head over to Roby Park on probably Friday. That's right. <clears throat> Heading up there on Friday to get settled in. Okay. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a little cooler there probably for you. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're still in triple digits. We're in Fresno right now, uh, but yeah, it's still. It was about 100 to 101 yesterday, but that seemed like a relief after being in 115 for a few hours yesterday. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. The, traveling in the heat's just tough on everything, isn't it? It is. I mean, it, it just takes a while even to get the trailer cooled down, you know, uh, in terms of stopping for the night. You know, it's 100 plus inside the trailer and just cooling it off was a, was a booger. Yeah. So are you going to have a tracker on you? Uh, we're not sure. We forgot to reserve one and we're not sure they have any trackers left. Okay. So we're going to check okay. this morning. Cause uh, I, I, yeah, I just wanted to mention for the listeners that Ross is number 74 for those that want to follow him on the, uh, Tevis live webcast that they do. So you can keep up to date on, um, on his progress as he goes through the ride. So are you getting excited? (laughs) I'm getting there. You know, right now it's just sort of a grind day to day, (laughs) driving 10 to to 12 hours a day. Uh, You know, it's just been, yeah, Yeah. getting through that part of it. You're you're close to the end, though. You're almost there. (laughs) That's right. I mean, the evenings or in the mornings before you take off, you know, I remember what we're doing and I'm going through the paperwork and looking at the checkpoint card and getting myself kind of mentally dialed into the ride and yeah so it's it's getting there i'm getting more right. excited as we're getting closer so yeah it, well the nice thing with this ride is there's so much support with oh, there's yeah. you know hundreds of volunteers and people there to help you get through the ride so just make sure <clears> you take advantage of that and put it to good use yeah. it's it's wonderful yeah it's and, a iconic mothership ride that you know our whole sport is kind of somewhat built around it so it's, yeah sort of an extravaganza 
Yeah, because, you know, and it's, cool. you know, so there's 100 to 200 writers, but you've got, you know, 800 volunteers and then all of the crew people and, and you know, so there's literally, I mean, it's the biggest gathering of endurance writers in the world every year. Yeah, no, yeah it so. is. It's really exciting and just, you feel all the excitement, you know, in the crowd. I mean, it's just, yeah, incredible event. It's pretty cool. I remember cool. when I crewed for Dawn, so it's something to see. Yeah, yeah. Now, are you planning on going over Cougar Rock? Or do you, oh, wow. Are you going to wait <laughs> to decide? <laughs> I'm still on the fence on it, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's so hard not to want to do it because, you know, you know, it's one of those iconic moments, you know, the Cougar Rock. But then it's like, oh, you know, you do it and you know, risk some injury or just kind of play it safe and go around it, you know, so, I don't know, there's the two sides of me that are fighting it out right now, so. I know, I, I got it, yeah, you know, you, you can't wait to decide till you're approaching it, and then, you know, <laughs> see if there's a long wait or not, and, um. Well, that's true. You, you know, I found it's really, it's a mental thing, so just don't let it get to you mentally, you know, <laughs> just. Just think, you know, it's just like a little small portion of the trail. So uh, if right. you've made it, you know, if you've even made it that far, your horse is definitely capable. So there is that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, there, you know, I've watched some of the YouTube videos and, it, it, you know, I know it's tough, but it doesn't look that horrible. And uh, <clears throat> so... Yeah, that was what you just said too. Is, you know, Tivio's really rocking it and feeling good and yeah, you know, on his feet. Yeah. You know, then and they have the moment, like, and they have arrows painted on it, and mm -hmm. people there will be people there directing you. Yeah, I saw that so, on the videos. Yeah, so um, you know, it's like I said, it's just kind of a mental thing. Yeah. So just don't yeah. don't let it get don't let it inside your head. Yeah. So I have a quick question for Karen, <laughs> who has done Cougar Rock many times. <clears throat> I have not, and I would probably not do Cougar Rock if I was there because I have terrible vertigo. <laughs> I would be terrified on behalf of everyone else. When you go over Cougar Rock, you've done it on several different horses. Is is it a is it better to what do you have a strategy? Is it get it over uh, with? Let the horse take his time. You, is you it, just want to live. Yeah. You're like, I just want to get through this in one piece, you know, um, <laughs> like, like Ross said, he watched some of the videos on YouTube and you know, every so often you'll things don't always go all that great for everybody, but for the most part, it's, it's, you know, really it's not a big deal. It's, you make it a big deal in your head. So, you know, just the strategy is, um, you know, uh, just maneuver your horse, follow the arrows, and kind of focus ahead and make sure you smile. And for, for those who have lived <laughs> under a rock for a long time, because they're what taking is Cougar your photo. Rock? Tell us what Cougar Rock is. Um, it's it's a, a rock. It's a big <laughs> Deep little, it, it gives you that iconic Tevis photo that everybody wants because your horse uh, tends to do a little hop kind of up at the at the top of it there. And that's where the, the photos come out really, really nice because at the angle it's at, it makes it look much steeper and a bigger deal than it really is. It's really not that big of a deal. 
It looks like you're on the top of Mount Vesuvius or something. Top of the world. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then and then after you do Cougar Rock, you go around Elephant's Trunk. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's the whole ride's really uh, kind of iconic. There's so many great uh, sections of it that are really cool. And I think I'm hoping Ross is going to have a good time. I'm hoping I can see his uh, Cougar Rock photo in another week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, that's really <laughs> yeah. Don's advice, <clears throat> Don's advice on Cougar Rock when she did it was just, keep moving forward you know uh you mentioned on the youtube videos the, the few mishaps and seems like people that stop on cougar you know they part way up and stop right and course kind of backed yeah. up a little bit <laughs> when yeah, they get keep, in trouble you got to keep the momentum going yeah keep yeah. the momentum going and then you know and then uh just be ready to when you come up over the peak that there's people there and mm-hmm. so, you know, that's when my horse will be like, oh, look, there's people here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when we, and we were talking earlier in the show about that go six feet sideways thing. You don't want that to happen at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But by that point, you know, you've gone through, um, you know, the Granite Chief Wilderness and up over Squaw. Um, underneath the uh, ski lifts and um, you know so you know by then your you know your horse I think is probably pretty even keeled I think it's like 28 miles into the ride yes that's right something like that yeah so um but I'm not uh, too worried about that Tibio is pretty unflappable he's one of the most uh just the steadiest horses I've ever ridden. He just doesn't, nothing much phases him. So. Oh, good. Now, do you ride him? Does he gate? Is he gated? Yeah, well, he is gated on an endurance. And this is going to sound sacrilegious, but I trot him quite a bit in endurance. Uh, mm-hmm. Sacrilegious to the possible people. But even his trot is real level top line, just very smooth. Um, so he, he's a steady trotter in most of these rides he does gate and like there's a lot of gating downhill because he really gets under himself a lot when he's gating um but yeah i tend to trot him most of the time when i'm, okay. I'm moving out in the endurance rides um, uh, and then he gates some sections but be a lot to ask him to gate the entire ride uh that would be pretty tough on him so. yeah yeah i bet well we wish you the best of luck and well, thank you. Uh, we'll be following you online. Like I said, he's number 74. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate all the support and, uh, you know, well wishes. So, uh, it's going to be a tough ride for sure. Toughest we've ever done. So. One. Well, we had a nice talk with Ross Carey, who's going to make it to Auburn today on his quest for finishing the Tevis Cup ride next weekend. And speaking of Tevis, which is what we're talking about today, uh, the Renegade Hoof Boot Company is the official hoof boot of the Tevis Cup I as a sponsor. That. Yeah. Isn't that great? So I have ridden Tevis several times using Renegades, both the strap-on version and the glue-on version. Uh, they are proudly made in the United States in Arizona. And they come in several different colors. 
and a couple of different models uh, that you can uh, choose from to fit your horse's hoof shape the best. And you can find out more by going to renegadehoofboot.com. Well, our next guest is Elaine Limoux, and she is from Ocala, Florida, and she is going to also be heading to Tevis for next weekend's ride. So welcome, Elaine. Thank you for joining us. Woohoo! It's an honor to be here with you girls, and I'm looking so forward to this big ride. Okay, so tell us, what, how did this plan come about for you to come out here to do Tevis? Well, I did it in 2016 with Heather and Jeremy Reynolds, which started my addiction. And um, so I completed it that year, and then I kind of went back to my gated horses and kind of got out of it. And then I started getting the fever again. So <laughs> that uh, led me to try to do my gated horse into it, but he contracted EPM, so... I had some wonderful people to offer me their horses. Jeremy and Heather gave me one horse to practice on because I had to get back into posting. And then Doug and Michelle Shear let me use their horse to do a 50 at Old Dominion. Oh, cool. So, okay. So you got yourself so into shape. And, and tell, us, <laughs> tell us about the horse you're going to be riding. The horse I'm going to be riding is Melissa Montgomery. Her horse is named Snickers. He's a 14-year-old experienced um, endurance horse, and I haven't met him yet, so I'm going to meet him soon, and I look forward to it. Uh-huh. Has he done Tevis before? Yes, he has. He's. I think he did Tevis last year. Okay, good, good. You know, it's always great to be on a horse that's been over the trail. Because they know oh, that's it. True. That's yeah. true. And Melissa and her little group, I haven't met them. And I'll be probably riding with uh, Chetta Crowley, if I pronounce her first name correctly. I think this is her first uh, uh, Tevis. And I think she did Mongolian Derby. So she's going to be great to ride with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's got to be exciting. Yes, it is. As, you know, us endurance girls are kind of crazy, so it's always uh, a good experience just meeting the our fellow riders. Oh, sure. Yeah, so you're flying out this week sometime? Yes. Yeah, we're flying out, and uh, so I'll be there for the because my husband works so much that he's coming with me, so um, we aren't able to spend as much time beforehand being there, but I'm so happy he's coming with me. Yeah, yeah, so he's going to be on the crew. Yeah, that's it, the crew. <laughs> Carrying saddles. I know, coffees. the hurry up and wait crew. <laughs> that, oh, I know, I know. They have to, those crew. Tevis is almost magical to me. It's I've never been on a ride like this ride. It's, the, to me, what I remember from the first one was the volunteers. It, it's just astounding, and the people there, it's not like anything uh, that someone who hasn't done it can imagine. It's just wonderful. Even though you're hurting, and your back's hurting, <laughs> your legs are hurting, it's still fantastic. You're like a zombie, but you just keep on going. <laughs> you just keep on going. <laughs> and they get you through. That's, yeah, it, that's, it does. that's well, our true. Our crew gets you through. It yes, seem like yes. It. 
Yep. And they're hustling all day long to help you for two hours <laughs> during <laughs> the two hour vet holds. <laughs> and then I remember, cause I haven't done it for a few years. People, you start following people with those trackers and you're like, you go crazy trying to follow everyone. And you know how those trackers are there. You can't really tell much with them, but uh, I know. And then, yeah. And they're not always up to date or they're showing something kind of wonky and you're trying to, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know how it is. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. That's so you, all we have. Are you going to have a tracker on you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So for the listener, she's going to be writer number 98 and you can follow her, uh, go to the Tevis cup, uh, website, teviscup.org or to their Facebook page. And you can get updates during the ride throughout to update on, uh, everybody's positions and where they are and which checks they've made it through and and stuff like that, which is really kind of cool. And there's also um, they're always updating photos and videos all throughout the day, starting on Friday um, and then all the way through the 24 hours of, of the actual ride. And then they also show the Hagen Cup judging on Sunday morning. So so what was your favorite part of the ride when you did it last time, Elaine? Well, of course, I was thrilled to make it to Cougar Rock because you uh-huh. get photograph there. So that was like the, the main thing. But it was actually um, the night. It was some, uh, going through the river, the American River, and the moon mm-hmm. shining on the American River. It was just, uh, I don't know, you like, I feel like it's magical. Land. Uh-huh. Yes. So that was when, and laughing. I rode with Heather Reynolds, and we laughed the whole ride. So. When you have some fun people, it even makes it better. Sure does. Yeah. So what did you think of that last part after you crossed the river? The Like the Caltu Loop and uh, some of the narrower sections in the dark. What did you think of that? Well, my horse before the dark, actually, a lot of people don't know it, but uh, we were going up. It was one of those narrow trails, and she was starting to flish off flies with her head and she threw her head up she came down and she came off the side of the mountain so and I went to the right which I was safe but it was uh to watch her actually slip and go down and hit a tree which stopped her but she uh was such a powerful horse she just powered back up and we all were looking and we said, oh, here she comes, and we're on a ledge. And, uh, oh, my we gosh. We, fi- we finished. She was sound, and everything oh, worked good. out well. So, Oh, good. But, um, good. Well, it's, I'm not worried that much with the narrow trails after that. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <so good. laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. So, so you're going to be going into Auburn? Uh, yes. Later yeah. on this week, like, uh, what well, day no, are you? This, well, we finished, we finished there, but. Uh, no, right. No, I meant before the ride. Yeah, oh, yes. Yes. We're so gonna, you're going in. We're going to be so driving can... everywhere. Yeah. We, it's just a cute little t- town, like in, in Truckee. It's another cute little area. I can't wait to go visit. There's little bakeries there. And I see we're from Florida, so. It's, it's so different there, and that I enjoy it there from going from the sand to the mountains. It's nice. Yeah, you're definitely in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, so we're uh, we're sand. These horses that come from the sand and they go to the mountains, it's, uh, it's amazing. Like, 
just doing the Old Dominion. We took these horses a couple weeks ago, and we don't have any mountains, but they go up there and they do it. And it's just amazing how versatile a horse is. Yeah, def- they're definitely amazing. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, it's uh, exciting that the ride's going this year and, and everything seems to be lining up good. And how's the smoke? Is there any smoke out there this year? It, it, we're trying not to think about it too hard. Okay, there, is okay. a, there is a fire <laughs> down in Yosemite right now, unfortunately. Um, but so far, the smoke's been like it'll move in and then it dissipates and blows away and clears up so i'm hoping you know and i know they're working hard on that fire down there so um it it did kind of blow up a bit yesterday afternoon so hopefully there won't be any other new ones nothing to worry about hopefully and it's looking like you know perfect weather for you oh yes oh i saw the weather i'm so good yeah you know and it's you know the cool thing is is a lot of the canyons as you know you're in the shade so even if it's hot you're still you know under tree cover up for a lot of it so just uh, it's just a wonderful ride and and the scenery you have is just uh it was when i did last time i never forget telling heather oh my god this ride is just so beautiful and it's like because it starts out kind of easy you know and i I said it's just so beautiful i don't see how anyone can think this ride is so hard well (laughs) that was just at the beginning (laughs) but it is a beautiful ride it starts to sink in a little bit after Cougar Rock, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, I think that's it. But uh, it is a beautiful ride. And, and uh, if I couldn't ride it, I, w- I would love to crew, crew for yeah. somebody. Yeah, and I think you guys are going to have some new trail this year through Granite Chief. That, oh. they've changed, that they've changed it a little bit. I remember reading a few weeks ago on that. So okay. I'm not really sure, but uh, it's yeah, it's going to be an exciting, exciting day. It's uh, you know. So, do you think you've got yourself all ready? I'm pretty much ready. You know, uh, when you have a horse like uh, Snickers, I put so much faith in them because they're so fit. It's the horses that you kind of worry about, and it's always in the back of your mind. It's a mental thing, I think, more than a physical thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you know your horses are trained and, and ready to go, it's such a relief to feel that you're going into it with the horse more fit to carry you. Right. And, right. Um, but I have grit. I know I, I might get some aches and pains on there, but uh, if he can hold me up, I'm. I feel like I'm ready. Exactly, and you know, by the later uh, vet checks, they've got a table full of pill bottles of <laughs> like anything you want whether it's you know Advil Tylenol aspirin Tums I'm always the Tums always help me by that point in the ride it helps I think part of it's probably some electrolytes but it really helps um settle my stomach for some reason yeah, so right. but they yeah they've got a whole table full of anything you want <laughs> and as you yeah. know they'll get you anything you you know any kind of like if you want a boost from some mountain dew or something they'll 
get it for you, whatever you need. Oh, so nice. Just, uh, you know, the volunteers, as you know, are wonderful. So uh, just make sure you, you know, put them to good use and they're there to help you get through the ride. Well, thank you for that. I didn't know they had that there and I'll look forward <laughs> to seeing it. Well, that was such a fun chat. And she's another local gal. I'm going to have to like her on Facebook so we can we can meet up because apparently her, her farm is right down the street from where Nigel and Scooter live. We'll meet up. Oh, and, wow. Uh, maybe she can inspire me to get on my horse and... And, and ride. And ride a little bit. Really ride. Really ride. <laughs> well, we, I have to wait till fall, Nigel being the non-sweater that he is. But by the time she gets back, we get back from the big road trip in August, September rolls around, I'll be able to get him out there. And he loves having friends when he rides. He does. Nigel never met another horse he doesn't love. Oh, cool. Okay, so where's your when your road trip? Where are you going this time? The road trip will go. Uh, we're heading across to Louisiana. Going to stop and visit uh, old friend Michelle Barr, and then we're going to head up to Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, for episode three thousand of Horses in the Morning with at Jamie's place. Oh, cool. Okay. And then we're going to head back down to Dallas for the uh, trade show. Wisa and Ada are at the same time in the same place this year. So we're going to do that. And then we will head back to Florida. So I think uh, it's a little bit less than three weeks this time, I think. Pretty good trip. Yeah. A lot of miles. Fewer stops this time, but I'm sure we will be doing some meetups and get together with listeners uh-huh. as usual. Good. And I'm looking forward to when you come further west. Well, you know, we have to do the country in little chunks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> little chunks. Um, and as usual, it, you know, because it is Horse Radio Network, it all get planned at the last minute. You know how that we are with that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And speaking of planning, you said uh, you've got you've got some Tevis Cup stuff to go over before we before we finish up today. Yeah. Well, I just you know it's sort of cool. They're always posting information on all of the riders and the horses, and it looks like there's probably between 130 and 40 entries so far um, for this year, and. There are six Mustangs. They're all BLM Mustangs Yay. that are entered. Yay. And and so we have, uh, um, do you want me to name the ones that are entered? Sure. Uh, I've got, uh, let's see, I'll just list the names of the, the rider and the horse. We have Mark and Woody. And Mark is... Uh, We've had him on the show as a guest a couple of times. He his he's had horses finish well at Tevis, and uh, one horse even won the Hagen Cup one year. Wow. And the last time I believe he did Tevis, uh, I helped crew um, for all of his horses. There were several, and they all finished, which was really kind of cool. And so uh, Mark is riding Woody this year, and we have Matt and Felon. And Jake and Cass, Elizabeth and Flicka, Ken and Cody. And Cody is the horse that won the Hagen Cup one year. And uh, Ken's daughter, Alicia, and Ivan are all riding Mustangs. We have seven juniors entered. We have a rider who is 82 years old. He finished the ride last year at 81 and made the record for the oldest rider to have ever completed Tevis. So now he's going back to try to beat that record. Beat his own record. <laughs> 82 years old uh, to be the oldest rider. We have Hal Halls going for his 31st buckle and Kathy Perry for number 25. You know, it's just these people, I think we've mentioned it before, you get Tevis fever. It like creeps up on you. And, you know, especially if you're anywhere near the area, you, you can't help 
but have it affect you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're going to get Tevis fever. And so these people that have done it 10, 20, 30 times, oh my gosh. It's it's tough. So let me read one of the one of my most favorite quotes that I like, um, and it's from Bernard Devoto, and it is uh, what they had done, what they had seen, heard, felt, feared, the places, the sounds, the colors, the cold, the darkness, the emptiness, the bleakness, the beauty. Till they died, this stream of memory would set them apart. If imperceptibly to anyone but themselves from everyone else, for they had crossed the mountains. Dun dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait I to know. I can't wait for the watch parties. Part of the fun for me, um, as an outsider looking in, I have some teensy tiny appreciation for that. Anybody who has pushed through something that both physically and mentally has challenged them with a horse can kind of relate to Tevis. And I love the watch parties because we all gather together and cheer them on and watch the little uh-huh. dot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it is Tevis season and Tevis season is sort of hot and heavy in the endurance ride season in general. So we're for somebody who wants to learn more about Tevis, watch Tevis, catch up on what's going on in the ride calendar in general, where they're going to go. Well, you can go to teviscup.org or go to aerc.org, or you can just type in Tevis Cup in Facebook and go to their page there, and you will be getting live updates and other links to go uh, like to the webcast once that goes live. And then um, we mentioned our writers that we just interviewed, number 98. Uh, for Elaine and number 74 for Ross. Once you uh, have the webcast up, you can just type in the writer numbers of the ones that you're following and it'll give you an update of their progress throughout the ride. And that's really kind of cool. And a lot of the writers are going to have trackers, spot trackers on them. So then you'll be able to also click on that and you can uh, follow along uh, with with their progress and where they're at, which is really cool. It's gotten very, very advanced. They have a lot um, of serious tech going on. Yeah. They do. And yeah, they've got, usually it's like 800 volunteers running the ride. So when you add up the riders, their crew, the volunteers and the spectators, you know, there's, it's a huge event. It's thousands of people. There we go. And all of it every year for the Tevis Cup. So uh, if you enjoyed this episode, tune in the second Tuesday of every month to hang out with Karen and myself or Karen and Glenn to geek out on all things endurance riding from all sorts of different endurance riding organizations because there's different types of endurance riding Mm -hmm. and, and subtle differences betwixt them. And if you want to tune in to Horses in the Morning every morning, just go to horsesinthemorning.com or you can download the free Horse Radio Network app for your iPhone or your Android, because we cannot exist without them. Just go to your app store and search for Horse Radio Network, and we will be back again tomorrow with more Horses in the Morning. 